This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Monday and Friday videocast live on Twitch. What's up, Twitchies or Twitchers? What do you think is the preferred nomenclature for that one? Hmm, I'd go Twitchers. Twitchers? Yeah, I like What's that. Up? What's up, Twitchers? I was about to make a really inappropriate joke. Glad we didn't go there. How's everybody doing this fine day? Because almost the entire office here at Frontline Gaming is sick. Looking at you, buddy. I blame you, though. You're the one that brought the sickness into this building. Uh, I didn't. The blessed of Nurgle was Mariana. Mm-mm. That was patient zero. Nope. She spread the zombie virus throughout everybody. Definitely her fault. I got it because I sit next to her, and then you all got it. Now, Pablo's over there coughing. You're coughing. You look even worse than normal, which is saying something. Thanks. <laughs> I think the only one who has been <laughs> resilient and withstood it is Jason, and I think that's because he's so full of, like, supplements and like protein and yeah. i don't know what else what he's taking his body's like a machine right steroids. now. steroids no he's definitely not taking steroids but uh he is the the paragon of health he passed his constitution save so far that's right we'll get him i work out with him every morning so he's doomed <laughs> no no i'm really proud of you guys you guys have been hitting the gym i've actually gotten a couple of emails from people who have been inspired by jason not definitely not you, just Jason. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> this is the beat up Frankie episode. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I've gotten some emails from people who have said that they've kind of gone on the journey to try and get back to health, which nice. I think is great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, maybe we'll put up that picture of Jason in his underwear. <laughs> that's a strong picture. <laughs> you know, though, it shows how far he's come. It was funny because I was looking at the picture on the Las Vegas Open site, where it's the five kind of like main people. Uh, well, minus Mariana, she took the picture. I wish she was in the picture with us because she's just as much a part of it. But sort of like the admin staff. Mm-hmm. And I look at, the, at Jason and it's like dramatically different. Yeah. Like he has lost so much weight, over 60 pounds. Good He's for him. He's killing it, dude. Good for him. He's sticking with it, too. I believe, I have faith in you, buddy. You're going to get that six pack this year. I hope so. That'd be not, great. Not just a beer. Just the- <laughs> on your tummy. I believe in you, dude. The washboard. Yes, I will. I was going to say I'll wash my clothes on it, but that'd be real weird. Or would. <laughs> if that's weird, I don't want to be normal. We do have camera equipment. Ooh. This could become that, something interesting. That took a bizarre turn. <laughs> Brought to you by Slanesh. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I hope you're enjoying the show so far because we will eventually talk about games, I promise. But as always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at up to 25% off retail every day. And we still do have a couple of fat mats left. And by a couple, I mean almost literally a couple. The liquidation sale has succeeded in its goal. Uh, We are down to, I think, just a couple ship interior 4x6s. And those are at 40 bucks, which is about just shy of 60% off retail. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. So we are going to sell through all of them. If you do want one, please jump in to the web cart and grab them. Also, if you are a UK or European customer, we are down to just, I think, three or four mats left in the UK as well. So please jump in and and grab those because they are not going to last much longer. We're blowing through them every day and they are going to be gone. And then when they're gone, we are not, not for the foreseeable future, do we see ourselves ever carrying fat mats again. And that is because we will be releasing our FLG mats, the frontline gaming mats here in 
the not distant future, actually. Yeah, very soon. Yeah, those uh, we will have the first selection of those available probably at the end of January. Yep. Uh, and again, we have, Frankie, how many designs do we have now? There's a lot. We have a lot of designs. something <coughs> Something like that. Yeah, we have a ton, a ton of designs that are going to be available when we have the full launch. But yeah. these are the mats that we needed for the Las Vegas Open. So just want to make sure that uh, you're all aware of that because... Yep, and we'll have exciting. a very limited uh, <coughs> quantity for the first run. But uh, we're hoping by March we'll have uh, everything up and running. All sorts of designs for you guys and it uh, should be really exciting. And just in case Frankie seems less than his usual enthusiastic yeah. self, he's a little sick. A little so, uh, yeah, we're really excited for that. So, again, just to reiterate, the FLG match, we will have a limited amount available at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. That's not all the designs. That's just the ones that we pushed through really quickly to get done for the Las Vegas Open to cover the, the growth that we're experiencing for the event. Yeah. And we're going to have a ton more designs uh, in March, we're going to be fully rocking and rolling in March with a, a full complement of over 20 designs. It's going to be pretty crazy. And again, just to put out that APB, if you're an artist and you want to try designing a fat mat or an FLG mat, old habits die hard. If you would like to design a mat, please reach out to us at Frankie at FrontlineGaming.org and we will be happy to see what you've got and give you a shot because we will be able to make them here in San Diego, in our uh, new downtown or our Point Loma location, and we want to make as many different mats as possible. Yep. Like we are going to be able to, to print on demand, so it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. We have so many ideas for mats that we want to make. And uh, we will have opportunities for custom mats and stuff like that. We're working out the details, but that will be an option for all of you people that have always wanted a certain mat for your table. Right. Right. And we'll be able to do fun <laughs> stuff like put grids or hex patterns on mats, because we get that request all the time. People are like, hey, I play Battletech, or I play whatever. Could you put a, a like a grid pattern on like a, like a grass-themed mat? And we've always said no in the past because it wasn't possible, now it is. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool stuff. If there's a game out there that you play that you'd like to see a mat for, come and talk to us. Yep, definitely. Because we will be very flexible once we get everything uh, rocking and rolling. So. Let's talk about miniatures. Let's talk about miniatures that's a classy way of saying it it is lay miniatures <laughs> the, <laughs> the fall of cadia is the big event that is occurring in the warhammer 40,000 world right now games workshop is gearing up for it there's all kinds of new miniatures coming out that are some of the best we've ever seen yeah really incredible and we are very excited to see what it does for the fluff because this is clearly gearing up for what is leading into possibly a new edition of the game possibly some new uh, a new direction for the story of the game this is unprecedented. We haven't seen anything like this since the uh, Medusa 5 campaign, like, what, 10 years ago, 11 years ago? But th that campaign didn't actually change the fluff. It just kind of was like a big thing that happened and then went away. This is going to be actually changing the lore of the game. That's really exciting. It is. Yeah. It is. And it, I think what, what I'm taking away from it, really, Frankie, I think the, the message for kids is if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Are you talking about Abaddon? I am talking about our boy Abaddon. But like, what's like? Do you think Cadia is gonna fall? I don't think it's actually gonna considering fall. that it's called the fall of Cadia. I think it's false advertisement. <laughs> it's uh, just a red hair. Here first, I yeah. Gotcha. 
Uh, I would be willing to bet the Cadia Falls because of the name of the supplement. However, uh, you never know. Or maybe it is Fall in Cadia. Maybe it's Fall in Love in Cadia. Abaddon finds a sister of battle. Saint Celestine. Love at first sight. He, he turns away from chaos. Like, you know what? Redeems himself. Man, I'm, I'm fighting for the wrong side. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That would be actually pretty funny. Turns into a love story. They like dance off into the sunset. Okay, dang it. They're like, now we can make the movie finally. You're like, duh. All love right. Story. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, we want to go over some of the exciting uh, previews of uh, turns of events or plot points or characters that are expected to be coming out in the fall of Cadia. Now, again, this has pretty much officially been released, but until you get the book in your hands, treat these as rumors. Yeah. So the miniature that I think that most people are the most excited about from the fall of Cadia, Belisarius Crawl, he's an Archmagos Dominus from Mars. He's one of the Adeptus Mechanicus. He is astounding. He looks amazing. I am so excited for this model. Me as well. And <laughs> technically, this is one of the most beautiful and intricate models we've seen yeah, come definitely. out of Games Workshop. And they have just upped their game to a whole new level. This miniature is incredible. He's like supposedly the size of a Cornifex. That's what people are saying. He's a big old beast of a tech priest or a Devils and Mechanicus character. And supposedly he's coming to Cadia because in all of his computations, he's determined that there's a pattern to the chaos that Abaddon did have a plan all along and that at any cost, they must stop Cadia from falling into the hands of chaos. So That's he's leaving Mars. He's like hundreds of years old. He's leaving Mars to come because he th- feels that he has to risk himself to try and stop Katia from falling into the hands of chaos. That's pretty cool. What if they introduce him and then he dies? Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be pretty funny. Like, here's <laughs> a brand it, new yeah. character. Blah! But the thing is, there's characters that are dead in the current Trays timeline. in the infinite kills him. <laughs> Catches yeah. him. He like ah. bops him on the head with his little staff. <laughs> There's characters that are dead in the current timeline, but you can still use them, hmm. right? Like uh, Eldraiden, for example. Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead in the current timeline. It, correct me if I'm is wrong in the chat, but I'm pretty sure he died destroying the one of Abaddon's... In the last Black Crusade, he just, he died destroying one of the um, like Star Killer. It's like his space Are you sure? Pretty sure. Well, he'd pretty just be sure. put into like a Soul Stone or something like that, right? So no, I think he's dead. Dead, oh, he's dead, dead. Oh. Yeah, like he sacrificed himself to destroy Abaddon's super space fortress. Huh, like the Death Star kind of a thing. Um, one of the other characters that is I'm really excited about because it's a new character. Well, Belisarius Crawl is new as well. But Inquisitor Greyfax is an absolutely rad uh, Ordo Hereticus Inquisitor model that she's been released by Trays in the Infinite to come and uh, influence the events happening on Cadia. And I think that she represents kind of what is going to come in the, in the fluff of the game. And I say that because her backstory is that she is a hardline, like extreme inquisitor, and she doesn't like what she sees has happened with Imperial forces. So she's upset, well, upset. She's opposed to chaos. She's opposed to, to witchcraft, and she's opposed to some of the new turn of events in the Imperium as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's way different than probably when she was captured, right? Right. Because she's been in stasis or something for like a long time. Um, so yeah, so back in the day, it was, you don't use psychic powers, you don't work with aliens or anything like this. And now it's like all changed. Right. And she, like, I mean, she yeah. sees Wolfen and they're mutated. Yeah, exactly. And like she, her part of the Inquisition is specifically aimed at destroying mutations and mutants. <clears throat> yep. Uh, psychers, she's a psyker, but um, her, her realm of the Inquisition deals with like sanctioning psychers, right? Yeah. So like if you don't, in, in the 40K left, 
uh, lore, for those of you who don't know, if you're not powerful enough to control your powers, you can serve as a conduit through which demons from the warp can come out into yeah. your world and that you could destroy a whole planet. That's why they're so harsh with the way that they do things. Um, and she's obviously strong enough of will that, that she makes it. So what they do is they have the black ships that go around collecting psychers that aren't strong enough of will and they, and sacrifice, they sacrifice them, them to, the, to the Golden Throne. Pretty dark. How nice of them. Pretty dark. Stuff. Very yeah, sweet. Yeah. That's, that's the price. That's the price you pay. <laughs> so really interesting. I can't wait to see what direction her fluff takes. Now, in uh, Games Workshop's video they put up on their Facebook page, they talk a little bit about some of her special rules. Yeah. Pretty cool. She has a Mastercrafted Condemner bolt gun, which is that causes a perils when you shoot a unit with a Psyker, and it's pretty good. Yep. Uh, but also, she has a psychic power that uh, causes um, units to take a pinning check. They can't fire Overwatch. They can't run turbo boost or you know any kind of extra movement. That's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, there was something else that it did. Oh no, she also uh, denies the witch as always counting as a higher mastery level than the other. Player. Oh, that's really cool. Pretty good. Pretty good. And she's probably fairly cheap in the miniatures. Badass. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. Miniatures really cool. Uh, one of the other characters that looks really cool is a um, Harlequin Shadow Seer called Salandry Veilwalker. So this guy, Interesting. Uh, don't know how I feel. I don't know if it's a guy or girl, but I don't know how I feel. So he, she, it, I don't know uh, what the, the sex of the character is, but we'll call it a she because I think it is. All right. She, uh, kind of a jerk. Oh, really? Kind of a jerk. I mean, they, you know, the Eldar always do this kind of stuff because they're, they're just hanging on by their fingernails trying to survive. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is most interesting that they've been dropping hints about is that the Eldar lore is going to have a tinge of hope in it, right? They've been like the doomed race that is dying. So now they're saying that the Eldar gods might come back and that there's a, a hope for a new beginning for Eldar. How would they, Eldar, like one of them's captured by Nurgle, right? Yeah, and that's Ish, Ishta. Yeah. But she's going to be released. Supposedly. Nurgle's going to let her go. <clears throat> no, they're going to save her. Oh, okay. So the only Eldar god that's still alive and active is Kagarok, the Harlequin god. Yeah. And he's always like, he's like scheming and he's been like plotting a way to like help the Eldar. Because really they're all in decline except the Exodites. Yeah. yeah. The Exodites. And the, the Harlequins are actually growing in number two. Hmm. Right? Because they recruit from everybody. Yeah. So, so supposedly, Cylindria uh, is spreading the word that like there's hope, right? Like there's a chance for us to come back. So uh, Uriel, what Prince Uriel was going to finally put the, the cursed spear that he drew to save a craft world. He like, doomed himself. Yeah. So he was going to put it back, which would kill him. And he's like, okay, I'm done. I did my thing. Yeah. So Solindri was like, wait, wait, we still need you. And he's like, son of a bitch. All right. He so, only has one eye. He's like beat yeah, up. Yeah, he's been beat like, up. He's on, cursed. <laughs> like, he's just living on borrowed time. Go. But he's a hero, right? Yeah. He's a hero of the Eldar. So he's going to keep going to come and help. And then uh, Solyndria was like, crap, there's Tyranids coming towards a, a, a webway gate that I believe goes into the, um, uh, the Black Library. So uh, she lures some Tau to this planet. The Tau? Yeah, she's oh. like, she pretends to be somebody else. And the Tau are like, oh, cool, we're going to come meet some new people. So they go to this planet, and then she redirects the Tyranid towards that planet. All the Tau get wiped out, but they, like, they, they take out, or they, they slow down the Tyranids on the process. So kind of a dick move. <laughs> Or tower. Right? The tower like, yeah, hey, new tower, planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not everybody in this this universe is horrible. Oh, yeah. never mind. But she, she did it to save this webway portal. Because yeah, right? it was like the, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Really interesting character. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Uh, and then again, this is all aiming towards Kadia too. Like this is the big showdown is going to go down. 
And then lastly, another character that's been introduced is Urkathos. He's one of Abaddon's like chief lieutenants. Sick. And he is the leader of the Hounds of Abaddon. So he's dedicated to Corn. He's one of Abaddon's four advisors, like closest. And supposedly he's going to have a big role to play on Cadia as well. Uh, he is the commander of a starship called Hellforger. Oh, sweet. So I'm getting really excited, right? Like the fluff is amazing for the game. I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, and in chat, let us know what you are most excited for with the fall of Cadia. Yeah. Um, they, haven't re- they haven't unveiled the secret of the pylons, which Not supposedly yet. Yeah. hold back the warp. It's like a giant Geller field, which is what allows the spaceships to travel through the warp without getting possessed. Yeah. Right? So if you've ever seen the movie um, Event Horizon, yeah. that was supposed to be a movie set in the 40K universe. It was like highly influenced by it, yeah. That, it was supposed oh, to be a 40K really? movie. Okay. Like they tried, they pitched it, they got turned down, they said, well, we're going to make it anyway. <laughs> kind of like what happened with StarCraft. Maybe just let people do it. Just give them your bus. Right? You know? Like wouldn't you have liked to have had your name Capitalize on that on movie? Bit, yeah. So yeah, that's, that is supposed to be like a ship that goes through the warp. And that's yeah. what, how awful it is. <laughs> so like the Geller Field stops that. It's supposedly Cadia is surrounded by a Geller Field. Yeah. So really, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that gets revealed here. Um, I mean, in the in the Curse of the Wolfen book, they dropped hints that Lehman Russ might even show up. Yeah, that would be really cool. Right? Because then hopefully my boy Drago comes back. You know, <sighs> he'll follow the demons out. He's like, hey guys. I just I don't even know. Wait, I don't know. Oh, Thanks, Matt come Ward. on. Thanks for Drago, Matt Ward. Really appreciate it. You know, it. I think Drago actually came from Michael Bay. Yeah. I think he was uh, the yeah. one that influenced. Yeah. Michael <laughs> Bay was like, space Marines are tough. That ain't shit. Drago's son, yeah, <laughs> great. Thank you for that. But uh, the Space Wolves are there's two great companies of Space Wolves on Kidia. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be cool, man. I'm excited. It's gonna be exciting, man. I'm excited. It's yeah, let us really know. Cool. Let us know in chat at the end of the show what you're most excited for because I can't wait to hear other people's theories. What they think is gonna happen? Do you think any other Primarchs are gonna show up? Pretty cool. So now, if it's Abaddon's goal to get like the demons out and like just destroy everything, why not just blow up Kadia? He's been trying to 13 times. Oh, he sucks. He does. <laughs> he does. But it's like what, like what I would like to see happen. I have no idea if this is actually going to occur. I would like to see. Well, I, I don't want to see Katie get blown up, but for plot purposes, to see Katie get destroyed and then them go straight to Earth. Like we're here to finish. Beeline it. Yeah, we are here to finish what we started during the Horus Heresy. Like I'm coming for you, Emperor. That would be won't happen. So exciting. Dorn will be like, "What's up, dude?" But no, that would that would be that would be a dramatic enough event. For Primarchs to come out of exile. To save the right? Emperor, yeah. To save the Imperium, right? Like, that is a dramatic enough turn of events that you would have guys coming back who have been gone all these 10,000 years. Because otherwise, if they just showed up arbitrarily, you'd be like, why didn't you come back when you were needed, like, 5,000 years ago? Yeah, or maybe, like, when the Emperor dies, all of a sudden all the Primarchs are in the warp, get, like, teleported there or something yeah. like that. I don't you know, know if the Emperor, they'll actually He's kill gonna him. die. That'd be amazing. He's gonna die. <laughs> That'd be amazing for, for the plot. That would be so that. good. That'd be so good, right? And then all the primers come back and have like little fiefdoms, yeah, like surrounding around their like their planet for their chapter, and like oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be sick. But I, maybe I'm reaching. Maybe that's hoping for too much. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then the emperor could be reborn as the star child. And then maybe people don't believe it. They're like, oh, dude, you're just faking it. Maybe there's like ten false emperors, right? That would be so good. <laughs> you can move the story forward, and it'd be so exciting. But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be really exciting, though. It's, it's really cool to see the fluff, like, taking the next step. So. I, I agree, 100%. Uh, 
And, it's, and it, again, just to touch on it, it's funny when people are like, I don't want this guy to move. Why not? <laughs> it's been Come stale on, for yeah. like 15 years. Like, who can There can be new mysteries. <laughs> I, there's no shortage of ideas out there. Yeah. Uh, in other news, you may have seen a little picture of a thing called a plastic load of change floating around. Perhaps. Wow. And it's definitely not little. That thing is fucking... That is an amazing model. Holy cow. I cannot wait yeah. to see that model. I can't wait to see our studio paint it. Uh, it is going to be absolutely incredible. Supposedly, it's as big or bigger than Bloodthirster. It could also make Fate Weaver. Yeah, it's supposed to be a dual kit, which yeah. is really exciting. And wow, it is just amazing. I thought Belarius Crawl was a cool model, but this one just takes the cake. What do you think? Magnus or the Lord of Change? I think the Lord of Change. Really? Yeah, it looks really neat. I'm a big fan. Like Everybody talks crap about Magnus's nipple horns, but I don't care. I think it looks cool. <laughs> Magnus is a beautiful model, too. It's super good. He's a beautiful man. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, wait to see Vol- Fulgrim. Ful- oh, no. No, he will be a beautiful... Well, you know, he's like a snake, dude. He he's kind a of snake, so- dude. That was lame. I, I'm sorry, man, but the way Fulgrim... It's like it, a Medusa. He's like, he's like a snake on the bottom. Like, can he, like, go his final form? And be like, oh, that was just like a medium form. And now I'm super Fulgrim, and he looks way cooler. I don't yeah, like the snake Opposed thing. to, like, a bird. I mean, like, that's what Magnus is. He's like a bird. He is, what? There's nothing bird-like about him. He's got wings with feathers on him. That, okay, the angels also have wings with feathers. And Just like birds. So do... <laughs> fair enough. He doesn't look like a bird, though. He looks like a big monster dude with wings. Bird. Uh, at our studio, just painted one, which you will see pictures of this week. Uh, they made him look like David Bowie. Yeah, it looks pretty sick. Like a little Iggy Stardust going on. I was like, that's pretty cool. Pretty neat. Pretty cool. So, uh, definitely keep your eye open for the Lord of Change on Games Workshop's website. And of course, as soon as you see it, you can order it from Frontline Gaming at 25% off. I would recommend ordering it like the second you see it because yeah. Games Workshop has been selling out in North America every single release. Yeah, pretty it's much instantly. Been so. a little annoying as retailers, but we do eventually get everything. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. Yep. Um, it is what it is, so don't wait. Uh, LVO News, it is imminent. It is coming on us. We're in less than four weeks to go. Yikes. And the ticket sales have spiked as they do the first and last month, tend to be the biggest for ticket sales, you got the, the people who we so appreciate, thank you so much, who buy your tickets early because it makes it easier to plan. Yep. And then you have the people who either because they didn't know if they could make it or they're procrastinators, wait until the last minute. Excellent. Yeah. Digging it. Yeah. So, of course, it always makes things exciting on our part. The floor plan has been changed a million times. I'm sure Mariana is getting sick of doing that. But it is what it is. So, yeah, the numbers going crazy. 40K champs does not look like we're going to get five, hit 500 as we had hoped. Uh, we had quite a few people that had to get a refund at, at the last minute. That happens. Yep. Uh, every year we do that. Uh, so the, the deadline to get a refund was last week. And we had a bunch of people actually migrate over to Age of Sigmar and 30K. Yeah, a lot of people are switching over to like 30K, Age of Sigmar. Um, it's really great to see those games growing. It's yeah. really cool, yeah. But it was just, it was interesting. Like we had like like Ben Moley, Ben Cromwell, PJ Pants going to play yeah. Age of Sigmar, and it's like these That's are a like lot of people. these are legit like elite 40k tournament players <laughs> that are going to play Age of Sigmar. So I think that that's actually telling of both kind of like where Seventh Edition is at. Yeah. And it's also telling of how fun Age of Sigmar is. Like Cooper, one of our uh, former teammates. Mm. Never mm. forget Cooper. It's like 9/11. Not quite as bad. There you go. But close. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people have been really picking up the game. Tasty Taste is starting to play. 
Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, there's quite a few people that are starting to play Age of Sigmar. I think it's because it's it's more of a like a relaxed game, in my opinion, to where like you don't have to read 30 different books to understand what the heck's going on. It's very easy, simple. You can sit down and play a game, and it's very easy. I really like that. It's, yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of uh, thought, I guess. Uh, you don't have to memorize a million different things. It's like seventh edition is so confusing. You sit down and you're like, "Oh, what's that model? Oh, well, he goes in these five books." You're like, "Oh, jeez." Oh, and right. What run I, up the table. <laughs> and what I think you mean by by a thought is not strategic thought, but there like you don't go. have to memorize as much. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, because the game is actually very tactically complex. Uh, yeah. Jason went to uh, Scott Reed's tournament at uh, uh, at his games this weekend. I very sincerely apologize. I should not have said I was going to go. Because I worked all weekend and I got a lot done, but I should know better than to do any, to commit to anything in January. Uh, Jason did go and he got raffle stomped by some uh, combos he didn't never heard of. Uh, we'll talk about that on the Age of Sigmar podcast, The Ninth Realm, that uh, airs on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely quite a bit of depth. They had a lot of people show up to that event. Yeah, and a lot of the guys that are switching over to Age of Sigmar are guys that haven't been playing a lot in the 2016 season or anything like that, so... Uh, just, just probably a lot simpler to like jump over to that than try to read a million books. And play yeah. 40K. And if you're, you yeah. know, if you've only played in one ITC event all, all year, yeah. you're not going to win. So it's like, yeah, I might jump not, over yeah. there just anymore and give that a shot because this season might, you know, it might be too late to make a big impact yeah. this season. Like I know I was talking to PJ Pants uh, a couple of days ago and his goal for next year, he has some pretty audacious goals yeah. for next season. Uh, and I think that's really cool. But he also wants to play Age of Sigmar, so yep. it's exciting. But yeah, it, uh, long story short, we did have quite a few people make the jump at the last minute. So for the 40K Championships event, I would estimate we're going to fall somewhere between 400 and 450 yep. when the dust settles. Uh, we were really hoping to hit that 500 mark. That would have been astounding. That would have been sweet. But and, uh, yeah, when it's all said and done, we will have sold over 500 tickets. But then with people that ended up not being able to go and then switching games, yep. we had about 40 people switch games at the last minute. Uh, no big deal. Uh, it's still the biggest tournament of all time. Yeah. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, it'll probably be pretty close to 450 by the end. So I think so too. I think when, when actual people that show up and play, yeah. will, be, will be between 400 and 450. Because yeah. we always have some attrition of people that just don't show up. Uh, we also have, as mentioned, the Age of Sigmar event is blowing up. We had a mass migration. <laughs> we will certainly be over 100 players, which for our first event is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's exciting. It's yeah. really exciting. I mean, we were hoping for 64. Yeah, I know. Like, crazy. Yeah. Uh, the 40K Friendly has gone bananas. We're over 40 players. Again, this is an event that normally draws like 10 to 15. Yep. But it's such a chill, laid-back event. And like we were talking about with how complex 7th Edition is, I think this is very appealing. Yep, yep. Two games a day, four-hour rounds, no army list restrictions other than keep it kind of themed and toned down. And the event is is continuing to grow. So if you do want to play in the friendly, we still have room. We played some musical chairs and gave them a couple more tables. Yep. Uh, definitely some room there. It's going to be a really fun event. The friendly's great, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two yeah. rounds a day. Ooh. Two rounds a day. Play at you have four hours. Play as slow as you want. 2,000 point. Yeah. List. Very chill. I think that the friendly is going to continue to grow. I agree. Like Especially yeah. as guys get a little bit older and they're like maybe not as competitive. That's like a great way to just go have some fun. Yep. Definitely. Uh, and then, of course, we will also have open play, too. Like, if you just want to come and just play, and you don't really want any structure whatsoever, there will be room Go for, for open game. Yeah. Uh, we also have what looks like it's going to be one of the five biggest Infinity tournaments in the United States of America. Quite the improvement. Very excited. 
Uh, we're trying to get more room for that. Uh, there is a wait list. I think that we can wiggle some tables around and get some more room. The TO I was just talking to him this morning, he's hoping to get it like one or two more tables. So if you do want to play Infinity, uh, please reach out. We'll put you on the wait list and we'll see if we can accommodate you. Yeah. Uh, we have 40 Blood Bowl players. That's insane. Yes. Uh, Again, yeah. we were hoping for 10. It's a couple more. Yeah. <laughs> so the Blood Bowl event is just going ham. Very, very excited for that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to build on that, especially now that GW is supporting the game again. I think there's nothing but room for growth. Very excited to see that. I bet that's going to be a very uh, lighthearted and fun-loving group. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, want to put out like a, a public service announcement. If you want to play in the fun, uh, the 40K Sunday RTT, and again, what that is, if you're playing in the 40K Champs or, or any event, really, mm -hmm. and you don't make the finals, which only eight people do, so it's not very many, talking about 2% or 1.5% of the total people that come, uh, and you do want to keep playing with the exact same list, the 40K Sunday RTT is a great way to do that. We split everybody up into groups of eight or less people and then you play in a single or not a single elimination i'm sorry you play in a, a three round rtt and the points count for the 2017 season yep it's really exciting yep <coughs> so everybody can start cool. with a, a rtt win yeah it's really cool like the the pod idea is going to be really neat so yeah we think it's gonna it. be a lot of fun but in order to facilitate that running smoothly if you think you want to play please get your ticket as soon as possible like for example if you're playing in the 40k championships and you lose a game or two games or whatever on Friday, and you've determined, like, hey, I'm probably not going to make the finals, please go buy your ticket and register, like, that day. Yeah. Because we don't want a mile-long line on Sunday of people that are like, oh, it turns out I didn't make the finals I want to play because it'll make it hard for us to keep everything running on schedule. So please buy your ticket on Friday or Saturday. Yep. It would really <laughs> help us out. There's already well over 100 people signed up. So Yeah, it'll be a big... Big event. <laughs> I, I anticipate there'll probably be 200 plus people playing in it. That'd be cool. Which is crazy unto itself. Um, lastly, Guild Ball has come in hot. They are an ambitious young company with some really good guys working for them. And they have been promoting the event quite a bit. And the tickets are flying. So yeah. uh, there is limited room. And we are rapidly approaching the limit. So if you do want to play Guild Ball at the LVO, please get your ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. The game looks amazing. It does. And like you said, they're a young company. They've been doing great work. So yeah, and show your support. They yeah. also had a crazy Kickstarter with Dark Souls, which will be a uh, demo. We'll be going there uh, talking about those Kickstarters. Whew. Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death, man. Kingdom Death. Easily. Nick, my cousin, was one of the people that did like the very, very large back. Really? Backing. I was talking to him uh, the other, this weekend. And he was like, yeah, dude, I backed the Kingdom Death uh, Kickstarter. I was like, oh, that's awesome. What level? And he told me. I was like, damn, son. <laughs> it's, all, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, I mean, you get everything. So you do. It's well worth it. Uh, the new yeah. release for this week at 25% uh, off is the squad and vehicle combos. Um, these come with a basic infantry squad and their transport vehicle. Really good value. Well, except for the Tyranids. The Tyranid one get a Turbagon. And then a bunch of Gons. I like it. That's a good combo if I didn't already have a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, but this is a great way to, to bolster your force, start a new army. It's a good value, especially with the extra 25% off yeah. added on. Please send those in to orders at frontlinegaming.org or call 888-71-5120 or swing by our shop in Point Loma. Ooh. Still don't have a sign up out front. Yeah, our uh, property managers are slacking pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, might have to 
That's Give right. them the old shakedown on that one. That's right. Nah, they'll get it done sooner or later. But yeah, there's no sign right now, but that, that'll be fixed soon. Uh, ITC events coming up this weekend. We have a ton of stuff. January is to the gills with events. Yep. We do have a GT, the Glass City Grand Tournament at the Toledo Game Room in Toledo, Ohio. And a major event, the Last Chance Open 40K Tournament uh, at South in Southport, United Kingdom, January 14th to 15th this coming weekend. Ooh. Pretty cool. Yeah, that one should be a lot of fun. Uh, T-Shift is also this weekend up in Seattle. Uh, you guys heard the interview last time. so Are they going to make major status or is it a GT? I think it'll be a GT. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah and uh, make sure to go check out T-Shift. Uh, the Blessed Coast Pairings guys will also be debuting their new software. The yeah, um, T-Shift, yeah. Yeah, the player profiles will be debuting at T-Shift. That'd be cool. All right. Uh, so we already covered the rumors. Let's go ahead and jump in to tournament discussion. Tactics Corner. Frankie, you and the gang... I did not go, but a lot of the team, a lot of um, Rage Quit Table Flip went out to Arizona this past weekend for the Imperial Outpost Renegade Open, I believe it was called. Yeah, yeah, Imperial Outpost. I, I was watching on Best Coast Pairing, seeing how you guys okay. were doing. <laughs> um, I, saw you, I saw you were doing great, and then you got stopped cold by Brett Perkins with his Renegades. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw three. Thomas uh, Hekshimoki, he's in the chat right now. Mm -hmm. Elrath uh, was doing really well. I think he went four and one. Yeah, yeah, I think I believe so. I believe he went four and one. Jeff went four and one. Yeah. Uh, James Carmona went four and one, I believe, and then uh, uh, Pablo two two one. I thought he went one one and three. Uh, maybe he did that. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Not his best showing. <laughs> no. Not his no. best showing. But uh, Brandon, poor Brandon, he played like all people from our team. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like, I, like four out of the five rounds, Brandon painted, played uh, like a teammate. <laughs> like, he played, he played you, no, he played no, 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 James, play yep. Jeff, Thomas. Thomas isn't a teammate, but he's a spiritual teammate. He's on the Double yeah. Dutch Riders, but he's one of our painters. He played a bunch of people that he already knew. <laughs> it yeah. was pretty funny. It was really funny. I was like, yeah. oh, man. That's always a bummer when you travel and you play all your buddies, but it, it happens. Yeah. But then he got to play against Ryan round five. So. Ryan Mead, yeah. Who's another a local. A lot of fun to play yeah. against. Ryan is an absolute blast to play against. Yeah. I do want to take the moment to uh, make fun of Alan Dehesa. Because uh, he was trying to reclaim that top spot, Chaos oh, Space Marines. Didn't quite make it. But uh, He did beat Ryan, though. They had to play each other like round two or something. His, <laughs> Alan beat his hetero life partner. Yeah. Uh, Alan, uh, I only make fun of you because I know you can take it, but our friends in Australia, are uh, they're laughing because uh -oh. you have been beaten for top Chaos spot by an Aussie. That's rough. That's hard to do. They only get like five tournaments to go to all year. Maybe you won all five. <laughs> <laughs> so they wanted to. Uh, they wanted us to to especially tease you, since poke the bear a little bit. Your boy down under is uh, he's eating your lunch, buddy. Yeah. I think. Well, he's playing in James's tournament as well, so he has another opportunity to bring back those points to redeem himself. <laughs> and we actually had a, a customer from Australia who's also named Reese stop by right before we started the show. Yeah. So thank really you, cool. Reese, for coming uh, down. I hope you enjoy the end of your trip in America. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Frankie, why don't you tell us a little bit about the event? Uh, it was a great event. Uh, the Imperial Outpost is super nice. Uh, it's at a great location um, in Arizona. It was a lot of fun. They had We had 36 players, which is pretty good. That's a great uh, turnout. They ran it on a iPhone. so Using the Best Coast Pairings Yeah, app. using Best Coast Pairings, which was great. I mean, back in the day, a 36-man tournament, you would need like two different softwares going to run it. Um, and the... Uh, 
Best Coast pairings ran really smooth. A little hiccup in the beginning, but they got it fixed and rocked and rolled. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The meta was crazy. So last time we went to Arizona, it was all nights. So everybody like kind of was like, okay, let's make sure to bring extra melt guns and all this stuff. This time it was like all demons. <laughs> so there were so many are... demon players. Yeah, so you're like, oh, shoot. Um, but, yeah, Brett Perkins was there. Uh, Tomb King, very good player. He was bringing his Renegade list, which is nasty. Uh, lots of barrage in there, and then he could shoot into close combat, which is really good. Brandon Grant, uh, one of the runners up for uh, ITC right now, S sneaking in there. He, he might. He might. Uh, he just won another GT. Yeah, he won another GT, so he's uh, he's crawling up there. But he brought a nasty list. He had a Bark Bark Star with Dark Angels Battle Company, so it was pretty. It was pretty nasty. He had to play against Jeff and Control, which was playing a Gene Circle, which is also a really nasty list. Um, and just yeah, the Bark Bark just went crazy. And, yeah, most Jeff's army, well, Jesus Colt can't fight a true Death Star. No, not like not yeah. to my knowledge. I haven't had a lot of experience with it, but um, I saw like Jeff was max score, max score, max score, max score, crushed. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's not. I don't know. When you think of a Death Star, you think of something that hits just incredibly hard. It's not like it hits incredibly hard. It's very. It's like a tarpit unit. It's very resilient. So it has a four up invo, feel no pain, and then with a priest, as long as you pass your Warhammer or whatever, you get to reroll the four up invo. So it's very resilient. The way you kill it is with shooting, because yeah. then it just has a four up, five up, um, which is still very resilient. Um, but yeah, I mean, against like a Gene Circle, Gene Circle has like no shooting. So you have to charge it and hope that you kill it, but it just was not working out for Jeff. Um, but yeah, no, that was an extremely good army. Um, I lost to a knight player in the last round. Battle Company still has issues with knights. Yeah, no, funny. I saw that. Yeah. When you, you're, you're Derek Page, right? No, I didn't play against Derek. I played against, uh, I think his name's Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I saw that. I was watching on Best Coast Pairings because yeah. I was working at home, but I kept a tab open and I was, <laughs> I'd go over and check to see how the gang was doing. Yeah, but no, it was fun. Uh, I got, I think it was like eight to 10 pens of melt guns. Didn't roll a single explode result. I was like, dang. What are you going to do? Man. So the nice just whopped me. But uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great time. All the guys from Arizona and stuff are really fun to play against. Um, definitely recommend going out there. Uh, they have like, they probably have an event like every other month. That's great. In Phoenix, so. That's great. Yeah, but it was interesting to see what what's happening with the meta and where things are going and stuff. Gene Stericolt's great, catching people off guard. Demons are extremely good, um, especially with the Cabal and stuff like that. Uh, Which is were, what James was playing, correct? Yeah, yep. James was playing, Ryan Mead was playing, Alan was playing. Um, and then uh, Magnus, there's quite a few Magnuses out there. Uh, I heard from quite a few people they had to change up their list due to Magnus. Um, because of some of the psychic powers and stuff. So it was pretty interesting. I really liked it. A lot of people are now talking about getting Skyfire into their list so they could fight off like Fate Weavers and Magnuses and stuff like that. So uh, you might see another shift in the meta by LVO. So. It's going to be really exciting to see what happens at the LVO because yeah. there are so many points on the table, right? Like someone that could be in like 20th place could conceivably jump up and take it, take it all. Yeah. It yeah. just depends. So really interesting. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Brandon Grant again. He played killing it. tough yeah. opponents yep. the whole way through. He yeah. played James Carmona. He played Brett Perkins. He played Jeff in Control Robinson. Um, he played another Brett really Lux. good he player. Played quite a few people. Oh, I think did he play against Thomas? I think he might have played um, Thomas. I don't remember. I don't remember. But. He he put all of his games were against guys that could have won the tournament. Yeah. So he's clearly at the he's on point. His game is on point. He is playing at a high level. Sounds like he's fine tuned his list. Yep. Really good. Also, I did want to touch on one point. I was also kind of keeping my other my third eye. 
on um, <laughs> Facebook, and I saw that uh, he and Brett Perkins' game only got to turn three. So I, I just want to talk about this. I'm not, I don't care, I'm not trying to say whose fault it was, because that's pointless. But everybody wanted to play with uh, 1,850 points. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what could happen when you have uh, two armies that have a shit ton of models, free points, um, that take a long time to play. Both players are responsible for keeping their eye on the clock. Yep. Right? In a matchup where you have like a renegade barrage army, which takes a long time to resolve each shooting attack. And God, that is one thing I love about Age of Sigmar is they got rid of templates and it's so much faster. Yeah. So much faster. Yeah. You don't have to spread out or anything like that. No, you're nice. like, oh, I get this many shots. Oh, I hit that many guys. Boom, 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 boom. Yep. And Battle Company, which has a crap ton of free points, and then it's participating in every uh, phase of the game. You need to keep your eye on the clock. It is one more thing to keep in your mind, but you can't get upset if your game only goes to turn three because you aren't playing both sides of the table, but you are responsible for what happens in your game. And if it is going slow, you need to remind your opponent in a polite way, Mm -hmm. we are going too slow. And if necessary, you call the judge and you go, we are going too slow. Just do some simple math, write down on your sheet what turn you should be at at what time yeah, and just keep an eye on the clock like keep, yeah. that's that's really the key time, like even time your turns to see how much time you're using and then if you need to make sure that your opponent knows hey we need to speed up you know we should probably only be taking about this much time where we can let's just do fast dice let's roll yeah. um and- but yeah i mean i always brag about always being able to finish my games this is the first time i've ever not finished a game i had a game only go to uh turn four really yeah i had a game only go to turn four um, and, uh, I started timing myself and I was, I was playing pretty quick, um, as I usually do, but I was, we were, we were going back and forth and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the higher points and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm out a little bit out of practice. I haven't played a whole lot of practice games lately. Uh, but yeah, so first time I haven't finished. So I might be voting to lower points next time we put it up to a vote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know yeah. it's hard to let go of those points cause you're so attached to them. But like when, when armies are playing with four or 500 extra points, it's like, no kidding. We're not finishing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like just be, be aware of that. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like this is where we're at, but be mindful of that. Right. Yep. What, and I, I am a slower player. Like I am well aware of that. I'm especially slow in the beginning of the game. I get really fast in the end. Yeah. But my deployment, my first turn or two, because they're so critical, I am slow. So I'm very mindful of that. I take my phone out. I time myself. And then you got to remind your opponent in a polite way and always give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't assume they're slow playing. Assume that they're just not aware of the passage of time because they're so focused. Exactly, yeah. And bring yeah. it up to them. Be like, hey, man, we're a half hour in and we're just deployed we were supposed to be deployed in 15 minutes like we need to make up that time yeah and that's exactly what i did like going in turn two because i could see because i was keeping my eye on the clock and i was like oh this is taking a while i was like here let's let's uh i'll help you like take out your misses or whatever yeah. like, we'll, we'll speed up a little bit here and then uh like he'd shoot at he'd be like okay this big unit is going to shoot into like two scouts i'm like all right they're dead yeah <laughs> so like there, there are ways to speed it up and stuff and uh you just keep edging them on and stuff, and you, as long as your opponent's a cool guy, they're usually fine with it. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's understandable. Let's let's speed up. So. Yeah, and ninety nine percent of the time, slow play is both players' responsibilities, both of their fault. Yeah. It's merely your perception that makes you think it otherwise. Definitely. And ninety nine percent of the time, it is not on purpose. No, and as it long as you not. bring it up and you make both players aware of it, you guys can work it through and figure out where you could speed up and stuff like that, and uh, get the game finished. Yeah. yeah. 
in that's most the thing. cases. And yeah. the thing is, if, if you're kind and polite and you're, you're, you, you bring it up and you keep it at the forefront of both players' attention, yeah. your game will speed up. Yep, definitely. Like, I've done it so many times. I'm like, hey, man, we're way behind schedule. Like, we need to speed up. And then especially in those, those critical later turns, like that last turn when you're like 10 minutes and you're just crushing it in there. Yeah. I only do the things that impact the, res- the resolution of the game. Yeah, like maybe you don't shoot the bolt pistol at a rhino because it's not going to do anything. Yeah. You're like, all right. <laughs> You're like, this, this combat over here is literally pointless. It can't do anything. Yeah. Let's not even waste our time. Yep. So make those decisions at the end of the game. Anyway, uh, I think enough about that. Let's answer mm-hmm. some questions in the chat. Of course, the chat's uh, blowing up with people talking about uh, time, time and playing and points. And, and, stuff, points. Yeah. and I do want to mention one more time, the Renegade Open uh, GT Great group of guys, great event, highly recommend going. Um, they went to 1650 points. Mm-hmm. They had a 97% natural conclusion rate for finishing games. That's impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's funny. The extra <laughs> or the, the lower of 200 points really changes how fast you can play a game. It also really changes draw. lists because a lot of lists don't fit. Like yeah. a lot of, like you can't take those things that unlock all the extra points. So it's actually like a compounding effect. Yeah. Like your games are finishing at 1650. Uh, Verminard 10 asks, can you talk about the missions for the 2017 season? Yeah, Verminard, uh, we are going to be including a lot of more missions into the kind of that we're going to call it the ITC mission catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, for sure, it's going to be the same ITC missions. We're not changing them because we've gotten universally glowing um, feedback about them. But we do want more variety. So I'm working with uh, Mike Brandt over at the Nova Open and their whole crew and our whole crew are gonna work together to adapt Nova missions to our scoring structure so that we can plug it into the Best Coast Pairings app. Um, We we don't wanna change it because we don't think they're good the way they are, but we wanna score it on a scale that works in the Best Coast Pairings app. Yeah. And then I've also reached out to the guys at the Renegade Open because a ton of people have said they really like the Renegade Open missions. And uh, as soon as they give me the the thumbs up, I don't see why they wouldn't. No. But I want to ask first, is that when they say, yeah, we'd like to be included in the ITC mission catalog, or if, I don't want to assume, uh, we're going to include those in there too. So you're going to be looking at like 20 missions. Yeah, and then you'll just randomize for tournaments on which ones you use, or pick which ones you want to use. Exactly. So like, it'd be nice to have the variety. Exactly. And then we'll see by, uh, we'll be able to collect all that data through Best Coast Pairings, It'll be a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Which missions are people playing the most? Those are probably the best missions. Yeah. And no ego attached. If it's not ours, oh well, who cares? Yep. Like as long as we're providing the best possible product to the people that participate in ITC, that's yeah. all we really care about. And as long as they all work on the same points scale, why not play a bunch of different missions? Yeah. It's always fun to learn a new mission and stuff. It'll add a lot of variety, and I think it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and the Renegade Open missions are very similar to ours, but one of the cool things they do is that you pick your Maelstrom uh, missions as opposed to rolling for them. And a lot of people really like that. Yeah, we had talked about that when we were first starting. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're, that's what's rolling out for the next season. Uh, not like massive changes, but a lot more variety. Uh, I don't think we need to make massive changes. There's been barely, like almost no complaints. Yeah. In uh, Control is asking me what army I'm going to be playing or what army I'm thinking about playing. I don't know yet. How about Sisters of Battle? Because it looks like they're coming out in plastic. That's I was actually thinking of a Sisters of Battle like anti-psyker list That'd be with cool. a bunch of the bolters, make people take perils and stuff like that. I think that'd be a really cool list, um, and it'd be fun to try to make Sisters work because they have struggled for a while. <laughs> 
the uh, a list I've been thinking about playing for 40K, which I think would be easy and fun. I've actually been thinking about doing a, a Nurgle Chaos Warband. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Because I've been writing articles for Games Workshop's community website. Thank you to everybody who read it. Yeah. Sorry I got that thing wrong about the Terminators. I wrote that during Christmas when I was like crushed for time. You just got put on blast. I did. Well, I put myself on blast. Because, like, of course, if you write an article, it could be 99% really good content. And if you make one rules error, that's all anybody notices. I'm not complaining. That's the nature of the game. I made a mistake. Um, and it's funny because on my next two articles, they obviously sent someone in to, like... Actually make sure. And there was, like, he notated, like, every rule to double check it. And I just went in and did it for him. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I got that wrong. I don't usually make rules errors <laughs> in my articles. Yeah. But he was, he was really cool about it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, when writing the article about the Death Guard using the Chaos Warband, mm -hmm. I really liked like the what came out of it. It's an infantry army, which I like. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of Havocs, really cool stuff. And I was like, this would be fun to play, and it would be so easy to paint. Yeah, no, um, it's uh, they are really good because they all gain Relentless on the Havocs and mm -hmm. stuff like that, which Fearless, is extremely good. Fearless, Relentless, Free, Veterans of the Long War, and then they get Stealth past 18 inches. Yep. You get obsec, and the other one I really liked was word bearers, because um, they can summon like just. Oh, dude, the word bearer summoners are crazy. Alan took one in his list. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think that'd be fun because you could you could have like again an infantry army that's just pumping out uh, demons. But really, I, I really do want to play my KDK with renegades. That yeah, that game, that army is so much fun. That is the cool thing is there's so many armies to pick from. It's crazy. It makes it actually really hard to decide what you want to play. There is so much variety. That is, that is the, the upside of 7th. The yeah. downside is the hyper-complexity and the power level has gone to uh, 9,000, yeah. uh, over 9,000. Uh, but the, 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 what comes hand-in-hand hand with that is the increased variety. Uh, CW Dub says lower points value is also a lower barrier of entry for new attorney players as well. That's a good That's point. Yep. A very good point. Uh, and then last question that we'll answer. Uh, Zan said 1, 2, 3. So the player app will only be available to Apple only and not Android. Um, I, I think that the player app is... You guys will have to verify with them. I, I know that they're working on the Android version. I'm not sure if it's releasing at the same time. I think the player app is web-based, though. I don't think you have to have... So it would work with Android, then. Yes. You know what? That's a question to ask Besco's parents. Mm -hmm. We'll find out, too. Yep. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it's web-based. I don't think you have to... No, it is. It's in the App Store. I don't know. I, you know what? I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could answer that question. But the Android app is being developed as we speak. It's I, As I understand it, it's almost done. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, guys. Hey, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. We appreciate it. And have a good one.